Podwalkers, and welcome to another episode of Goblin Lore. Um, at this point, we have uh, middle of January, so we've just started a new year, and we are also close to the end of the decade. And so we decided to talk about some uh, New Year's resolutions and kind of goal setting in, in periods of time like that, um, along with some of the weaknesses of the, the typical setup of these things and some of the ways that they can actually work. Um, and we also want to take some time to discuss some planning with our cast of like main characters and magic, kind of talk about the, the, the Gatewatch and what they may be looking to do um, going forward in the story with the conclusion of the major story arc with uh, War of the Spark. I but mean, for, to be fair, isn't the goal of the Gatewatch to just not get killed? I, that's probably goal number one. But You I think... stole that from me, <laughs> you bastard. Wait, who, who is that? Well, let's oh get gosh. to our introductions, and then we can all introduce ourselves. We're already off track, and that is what you come to Goblin Lore for, I assume, because apparently someone keeps coming back and listening to us. Anyway, so... Why don't you two introduce yourselves, uh, let people know where to find you on the internet, what your pronouns are, and what's one magic, what is one magic-related thing you want to aim for in 2020? Hobbs, so, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I'm Hobbs Q. I can be found on Twitter at Hobbs Q. I use pronouns he and him. Um, one magic-related thing that I want to do this year. So once my daughter starts uh, daycare in September, I actually want to see if I can record a little bit of a magic cooking show, at least a couple of episodes worth. Just kind of me talking about lore or talking about recipes, something that's kind of like this related to cooking, like our show related to cooking. And I have a new camera that I bought that'll shoot 4K, and I want to kind of learn a little bit about that. So that's my kind of long-term magic goal for this year. And now how about you persons whose voice we heard that we haven't heard in a while? Ooh, that was me as a ghost. Hi, <laughs> my name is Chase. You can find me on the internet as Manicurves. Uh, my pronouns are she, they. Um, and one magic related thing that I want to aim for in 2020 is really bold. And I cannot emphasize enough, uh, really bold. But I have a really big goal that I would really love to, if not in 2020, just in general, one day be invited as a guest to a command fest. That's what I want Ooh. so much. Like oh, so yeah. bad. I'm clenching my tiny little fists right here near the microphone as I speak. I want it so bad. Um, and yeah, that's my little like tiny fist clenching magic related thing I want to aim for. All right. And, uh, I'm Alex Newman. I'm found on Twitter at Mel underscore Chronicler. Uh, I use the pronouns he, him. And um, I have kind of a flippant answer to the one magic related thing I, I'm aiming for, and that's to play magic. Um, <laughs> I haven't actually, like last year, 2019, I managed to play Magic at Ma uh, Magic Fest Minneapolis and then in December, and that was more Magic than I played in 2018. Um, so I'm kind of hoping to do that. Now, I've already played Magic once on in, in January. Um, my, my roommate uh, has decided to try to start getting a group together sort of informally to go to our LGS on Friday nights, and it was actually great because... I think it was last week and we got FNM packs because the store's getting new ones for Theros and the guy was trying to get rid of them. He's like, Hey, you guys are playing magic. Here's an FNM pack for playing commander, uh, which was kind of cool. Um, but then kind of the other thing I want to do is 
I really want to focus on content creation. I want to, uh, we, we have the cast and we were recording for a while last year, but then we had a big gap and I want to take a, a step and start to do more creation, uh, both for magic and, and just other non-magic creative of things. I have a number of hobbies and this year I really want to try to focus on my creative hobbies because I get a lot out of them. They just take a lot more work sometimes. And so I've kind of been avoiding or doing a little bit here and there. And, and this year, I, I really want to try to to get a better um, pattern to working on them and, and get a good, some goals built around focusing on those things more. And some of that's going to be for the cast, um, for writing more episodes for the main cast. Some of that might be doing other stuff, like it, when we kind of get the show back on um, our normal pattern and we, and we get our Patreon back on, doing stuff for that. We'll see what that means, but I, I really want to get back into uh, content creation. I think that all three of us in some ways really did personify really well how resolutions had to look. We're kind of talking a little bit here. I mean, we're going to be jumping into this, kind of getting onto the topic of resolutions. But resolutions do tend to be different than kind of goals in some ways. They're not just the same thing as kind of a lot of the stuff that we've talked about on this show, including short-term goals or these planned out concrete things. Like Chase said with hers, it's big. It's more nebulous. It's it's It, it doesn't have a definitive date necessarily on it, which mm -hmm. is one of the things that makes them I think more difficult and kind of what the point of today is. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we want to talk about resolutions. I, I don't know. I, I have a very weird take when we kind of get to that, but I think, you know, the general impression, at least my general impression, and maybe you two can, can give yours um, when I'm, when I'm done here, but the general impression is somebody has this idea that they're going to lose X pounds. They're going to exercise every day. They're going to do Y or Z. Um, and they have that figured out before, the new year starts because then on January one, they need to do it. And then kind of the, the typical joke about it is somewhere in the middle of January, they've fallen off the wagon and then it's done for the rest of the year. Is that about your estimation? Yeah. I mean, we, we, we have lofty goals. We have motivation. We start them and motivation starts going and there starts to be judgment too. If we, fall off then it's hard to get back on track because we kind of take almost this all or none approach to them mm -hmm. i like mm. that i like how that's kind of like phrased because i kind of agree on that when looking at my my resolution i actually view it as sort of like this big umbrella um sort of an umbrella thing it's a it's a goal i want to reach but it's going to take a lot of mini resolutions to get there a lot of many small steps and a lot of goals that i have to meet before i get there um so I kind of like I kind of wanted to like lump it together because so far what I've been doing has been working very well for me, weirdly enough. <laughs> but um, it, it, it feels very validating that I've been uh, achieving the small things that I've achieved so far. So I thought I should send out a really big thing for myself um, as time goes on. Mm -hmm. No, and and I, I like that approach. Um, I don't know, should I, you think I should jump into sort of my approach? Do we want to talk about the general model first? Well, I mean, I think the general model is kind of what, what you've been discussing here a little bit, which is, okay. uh, you know, the general model of New Year's resolutions is people kind of 
make a goal. They have something that they want to do, and they say, you know, I'm going to do this during the coming year, which gives it a time frame. It, I mean, it, the problem that I think stems from this idea that people don't necessarily break it down into the steps that Chase was talking about. They don't think of mm -hmm. it in, okay, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to... First, if I want to be this, I need to be putting out regular content. Well, what does regular content mean? And kind of work backwards from there to come up with a plan. It's just, I'm going to avoid sugar. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to run a marathon. And there's no real kind of guidelines to it. Or, or we set them too lofty. Like you said, people say, well, I am going to exercise every day this year. Or even if they don't say every day, they're going to make it five days a week. And then... The historic part of it, this is why they talk about gym memberships being a given away at the beginning of the year, is you're going to go five, six days a week, and you're going to do that for a month. And then you miss a day. And it might be that there was something legitimately that came up in your week and you had to miss. Well, okay, well, now you miss two days. And then pretty soon you start to beat yourself up. Well, I couldn't really do it, so why even bother? And um, mm -hmm. we talk a lot about smoking with this. Um the whole concept in some ways resolutions plays nicely into is this concept of relapse when it comes to substances and relapse is actually within the field considered to be a normal part of kind of motivation and people quitting a habit. We expect that your people are going to relapse. I mean, but it's how you approach the relapse is what ends up happening. So people who really have this all or none res like approach to their relapse so I'll take smoking as kind of the best one, and that is they slip and they have a cigarette or they have two cigarettes. They smoke for a day, and then the next day when they could wake up and recommit to that resolution or that goal, they've already had this thought of, well, I already screwed it up, so why bother continuing? Mm -hmm. And that is what happens with resolutions. I also like to think that like resolutions can fall – into even greater categories, I like to think. So I actually on Twitter did like MTG resolutions and non-MTG resolutions. Um, and looking at my resolutions, I feel like my non-MTG ones are a lot harder because they are um, they're a bit weird. Because so, like I said, my one of my MTG resolutions well actually have a lot, but one of them was to like one day if it was if it's in 2020 lit but if not i understand but to one day one day be invited as a guest to a command fest another goal of mine was to like one day work on something with the professor because that would be absolutely like fantastic but my non-mtg goals are very weird because they are hard to measure and i think the resolutions that we set out for ourselves that are difficult to measure are harder so like for instance one of them was be kinder to myself um, learn not to compare myself to others, um, stuff like that. I think that's very difficult to measure, you know, versus like, okay, this amount of content is getting this amount of views. Um, I know what to do in order to get my views up or I need to post more on Patreon or I need to act more in my discord or I need to stream more. I feel like it's a lot harder for certain non MTG related goals because it's, it's difficult to measure. Mm-hmm. Well, you I mean you said in some ways you a resolution of being happier, you have to define happy in some ways to have any idea of what you're working towards. It's a feeling. I can tell you I'm happier. Yeah. If, if I'm sitting here trying to work it on it myself, though, I don't necessarily know what I need to do to. I, I haven't come up with well, 
what do I think is going to make me happier? Do I have a plan? Do I have any idea? Mm-hmm. Or am I just hoping that I'm going to improve areas of my life and then I'm going to be happy? So happiness is a really hard thing to define because that that's definitely a good point is like well like well like how you how can you measure like what happiness is um and i kind of i kind of do this a lot with clients um getting my master's in social work and i work a lot with people as a therapist um and a lot of the questions we'll do will work on what's called like life living goals where i I look at you and ask what's called a miracle question i say like if you woke up and your life was the exact perfect way that you wanted it. Like tomorrow, like mm-hmm. money wasn't an issue or whatever. You know, like you just had everything you wanted. What would it look like? And usually a lot of times I hear like, oh, like I want to be happy. And that's really hard to measure because happiness is not mm-hmm. really a universal thing like we would expect it to be. Like the, the feeling of happiness is like Hop said is like, you know, like I can tell you that I feel happy. Um, but mm-hmm. in terms of like what happiness is, you have to you have to ask yourself, well, what does it look like? for you what does happiness look like for you and that's really difficult to measure which is why i think that that the resolutions or goals that we set for ourselves in the new year are harder than we would expect them to be because we can't really measure them because there's no like standardized measure for happiness (laughs) i mean i think that people have tried that but i think it's very difficult to measure something very complex and personal to each person so It's kind of difficult when we look at those goals because I I feel like, weirdly enough, my magic goals are easier to measure because, you know, if I, like, post something on YouTube, I could be like, okay, got this many views, so I did a shtick in this. Okay, so I got to do another shtick in it again. You know, okay, like, okay, post on Patreon, got an uptick in views. Okay, like, got to type in the Discord. That's, like, a really good way to measure things. But, you know, personal goals that are mental health related or feelings related or like relationship related can be very difficult to measure because it's not as simple as like refreshing Twitter and seeing how many likes you got. Yeah. And, and one thing too, I I know in the past I've had some issues with goals too, that rely on other people. You talk about relationships or even things like I'm going to be published or I'm going to do this or that. And, and there are things you can do to work towards those, but ultimately you can't control all of the aspects of those. And sometimes they can make a good overall goal, but you need some smaller things within that you can do to work towards that goal. Um, and, and I'm going to go back just a little bit and maybe ironically, because Hobbs, what you were talking about, you know, like relapses as being part of the process. I realized that sounds a lot like the narrative device of try fail cycles for a, a lot of characters. If you read, you know, fiction, your characters are going to fail to do whatever they're aiming to do, because that's part of life and that's part of art reflecting life. But a lot of times in life, we don't think about that because we're not, I think we're not always focused on the longer arc of things. And so in the short term, we don't, we look at those failures or those relapses as the stopping point, not a part of that process. Yeah, I mean, we, we do oftentimes, like I said, it's the the treating things as an all or none. And yeah. it the whole trope in art is you know you got to have the montage right Mm. you got to have somebody learning how to do something and failing at it to prove then that they got better um and we don't do as well in the real world of kind of allowing people to do that yeah um so do you guys mind if i like monopolize the conversation for a little bit to talk about my version of resolutions 
I yeah, do mind, I'm really actually. Here. The two ends of the cast there, the really yeah. supportive Hobbs about to be like, right. oh, yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait. And, and then, then there's just me. And <laughs> there's, then there's me. I am the gremlin. <laughs> that's my gremlin noises. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, that's great. Uh, so sound effects now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, every, we need sound effects every time we bring it chase on. I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. Um, me. Pay me. I'm poor. There's, oh, I wish. So there is, um, this is something that I've kind of built over years, and I didn't really intend to do it. I just kind of started doing it. So I, I tried to do New Year's resolutions for a long time, and I just kind of stopped because I got to the, well, if there's something I want to do, why do I pin it to an arbitrary period of time? I learned later that sometimes having an arbitrary period of time gives you it gives you an external thing kind of pushing you to do that. And you can be flexible with yourself. Like some of the breakdowns of these New Year's resolutions is when you're not flexible from that external uh, impetus. But at the same time, it can still give you a thing to say, okay, around January, I want to start to come up with what I do. And so this is actually something that I started um, – after going to therapy for my social anxiety, I started to do what I what I call State of the Alex, inspired by Mark Rosewater, inspired by the United States uh, Congress and President, I guess. There's the State of the Union. Mm-hmm. He does the State of Design. It's it's kind of a thing that happens occasionally from in different places. And so I've turned this into an annual thing. It wasn't originally. Um, originally, it was just, I feel super anxious, and I know I'm in a better place, but it's hard to see that. So I'm going to sit down. And at the time, I started with five categories. Now I, I have six categories that I go through. Um, then I write. I do just some writing about where I feel that I'm at right now and some of the high points. It just high level, here are the major things. And what are my goals for the next year? And so th- those categories for me, and I had to work a little ways to get these in the same naming convention, but it starts with vocational, fancy word for job, financial, social, recreational my hobbies uh personal and physical and there's definitely some overlap um personal is a little bit of a catch-all but it's mostly about mental health and things but you know there's some mental health stuff in the social because because of my social anxiety there's definitely some overlap there um there's overlap between my work and my finances very direct correlation there um and also kind of my finances and my recreation because if i want to go to events if i want to buy magic cards to build decks like there there's some dependencies there um but this has it's it's been really good for me and some of it is because i'm a person who tends to be a uh, i like to compulsively plan i don't always need to a plan but sometimes i need to just sit down and write things out i need to sit down and just throw words at a thing um it's also turned into a really interesting like journaling technique that i never expected where now i can go back for the last four or five years and have i have a definitive record in my own words of what i was doing at the time and what i thought was going well and what i thought wasn't and what i was aiming to do because sometimes in the shuffle of life some of these goals get lost um, especially little smaller things that I want to do, but some of that stuff can can kind of add up. Um, so I want to flip the script, just well, not flip the script, but go off the script a little bit, but in a constructive way, which is very uncharacteristic of me. Um, 
I was wondering how both of you feel about the language we use when talking mm-hmm. about like New Year's. So like the language mm-hmm. resolution versus goal mm-hmm. is something I, I'm, I'm starting to notice because a lot of us are, are, are bringing up the word goal when really the whole phrase is like, this is my New Year's resolution. Get your U- New Year's resolutions now, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm very interested to see like what both of y'all's opinions are on that particular use of language. Yeah, for for me, you know, I didn't think about this, but I wonder if I did s- distance myself from that phrase because of some of the baggage that's part of that. Because um, this really did, New Year's resolutions were a part of what built this system for me. But yeah, I haven't referred to them as resolutions. They're goals. They're, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And- um, so I'm, you know, I'm thinking about this and it's wondering what the difference is between those for you. Yeah. Because, I mean, a resolution is, like you said, it's something that you're resolving to do. So in some ways it has a little bit different of a connotation than mm-hmm. a goal. At the same time, a, a resolution is not just like, a oh, this is an aspiration. It is yeah. something that you're kind of uh, at least having commitment to. Mm-hmm. And commitment oftentimes is a big part of what goes into goal setting. Yeah. Um, I actually pulled it up on my phone just because I want to like, I, I really like, we all know what resolution means. Like, you know, if someone was like, oh, I have a resolution. Like, this is my resolution. Like, we have a general concept of it. But I actually decided to Google it, like the actual definition. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of important important to kind of point this out. Um, so it says the first definition, noun, um, a to do or not do something and i think that the emphasis in there is the word not it has it has already like a negative connotation to it Mm -hmm. you know like i am not gonna do this i'm not gonna do this and then if you do the thing then oh well i did the thing that i was not gonna do so i'm obviously a failure it has it has like whereas a goal is like if you you can't fail at a goal you can't fail at a goal a goal can be achieved yeah. A goal takes time to achieve. You might miss the mark on the first time, but you can't fail a goal. But you can fail right. a resolution. So right. I think that's kind of interesting to like think about that language there is like the a decision, it says a firm decision to not do something. Yeah. Well, that's a good question. That and that's something I'm gonna have to think about because you know, I wonder if, if I did back away from that the use of that term mm-hmm. because of of some baggage and things that I hadn't really examined. Mm-hmm. Man, because, good. Yeah, and and a lot of people <laughs> will ask, you know, what's your resolution? What's your resolution this year? And it's like, and and to be um, completely open about it too, I haven't sat down and written out most of this yet. I've done, I've started it, but and, and part of it is, is I'm some years I'm done early in January. Some years I don't finish it till February or March. And the point is, it it doesn't have to be done right away. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to revisit every year and and look at where I'm at. And so some years that takes time to think about, but I I through that even though i've been doing this sort of annual planning every year i've been hesitant to say well i have you know here's my resolution it's a lot of smaller things or even if there are bigger things i haven't really ever put something as a resolution and and yeah i mean i mean i think it, it too is part of this is you you talked about developing this this schema or this model for yourself because that idea wasn't working you know, just saying, especially when you think of it as a resolution as not to do something like I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to 
you know, um, eat junk food every night just because I want to, and I do right now. Um, you, you know, if we're thinking of this in those terms, mm. you are kind of setting yourself up to fail. You are setting yourself up to not achieve it because in some ways you're saying you're not going to do something. And most of us, when we say we're not going to do something, if we slip, we feel like a failure. We feel like we've, we've, we've not accomplished and we need to go right back to what we were doing before, which is the whole idea behind weight loss or gyms or whatever it is. Jokes on you. I already think I'm a failure all the time. Yeah. No cap. <laughs> <laughs> you suckers are the ones setting goals. I just don't have any. You aspire stuff. You aspire to be yeah. something and do things. <laughs> yeah. I almost curse. I can't remember if I can curse on here. I mean, oh. I, I, I think I, we have us as a so not fun. cursing kind of cast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then guess I mean, what? I'm glad I just went. Yeah. <laughs> we can we can make a note and mute it, but. Well, or you can make <laughs> a little sound effect noise. Here's the sound effect noise, Mr. Editor person. Hello. Use this as a sound effect noise in case I accidentally curse because I curse a lot when I and when I speak normally. Are you ready? Okay. That that that's my. <laughs> that's it. That's Is that my, it? That's, that's I'm just okay. I'll do it one more time just in case to get a clearer listen of it. Okay. Okay. Good. Cut we that. are good to go now for future swearing. Yeah. So future swearing. That's my little like uh, Perry the platypus. Uh, little like gurgle <laughs> is that what that was a platypus noise i've always you, wondered what they sound like you have a daughter does she not watch phineas and ferb she's less than a year old she doesn't it's watch a anything colorful cartoon we set a resolution for no screen time Ooh, be prepared to fail <laughs> so i mean that's the point right alex like you you wanted to set yourself up to be more successful because this isn't it isn't like you're going to have a strict schedule you're going to be done on this you have six areas of your life mm -hmm. that you are kind of for each one wanting to determine what is it that you want different in that life improvement mm -hmm. of yourself it sounds like i mean for each of those you want to you want to be doing something in these areas every year mm -hmm. e even if it's not like you said it's not vocational doesn't mean get a new job it could mean a project that you want to be involved with or something that you want to change about your work life the idea is though you, you've identified these categories that are important to you to be making change with so you don't get stuck yeah and okay. i really like how you have everything parsed out mostly because when i sort of like do like hey these are my goals these are my re resolutions whatever language you want to use i just kind of like word vomit them out um and that feels a little bit more overwhelming than if I had categorized them, because um, I I read over what what we what you said and I, I like it like it's it's some can have overlap some cannot, um, and I I really like how it's parsed out because it feels manageable when it is when it is kind of displayed in in front of you that way, um, versus like me just going bullet point bullet point bullet point bullet point you know, yeah. It, it's a it's a system that I've kind of backed into because it, it's it really and in, in thinking about it too because it didn't actually start from a goal resolution centric angle it, it started from a um, I'm feeling you know anxious I'm feeling 
stagnant. I'm feeling like I'm not moving forward. Let's sit down and actually examine how things are going. And then I realized that if I'm sitting down and examining where things are, it doesn't take a whole lot more time or space to like say, okay, well then where do I want to be? And, and start to, to cr- do some goal creating out, uh, out of that. So have you found a way to kind of then celebrate the changes you've made during a year? I mean, do you sit down and kind of ponder these or do you sit down and go through these just once uh, a year? Are you a, continually? A okay. I'll, yeah, I'll go back and like I definitely as I'm writing it, I will go back to the previous years. Um, I found I'm starting to take some nods from and we'll see because again, part of this is it's a system for me. So I get to add things and then decide I don't like it. I can change, take them out. Um, but I'm, I'm taking a little bit from my performance reviews at work where mm-hmm. we have our big annual review that we do at the end of the year. And then but then they also have a mid-year check-in. And it's way more casual, way less things you have to do. It's it's literally three boxes: um, the uh, accomplishments, the needs improvement, and then a summary. But the point of it is, it gives you the middle of the year. It breaks the year in half, and it gives you a point where you can put some ideas of where you feel you are and what you feel you're working towards. And then at the end of the year, now you can go back to six months ago and time travel because 12 months, you forget a lot of the things you do, especially little stuff at work that are great examples in a review where you can say, I work well with other departments because of this project I did in February. It's mm-hmm. so easy to lose those things, but by having this you know, mid-year check-in. And so I, I did that last year. And I'll also just, if I'm feeling like, in a funk a little bit, I will go back and kind of re- review things. I'll read, you know, I'm just going to go look at this section and kind of see what I was talking about or where I, what I was thinking about or go back f- further years. Cause sometimes it's a trip to go back to 2016 and say, what, what did I feel like I was doing here? Like, I, I do want to say this. This is, I feel so bad. It's like partially off topic, but partially on topic. Um, <laughs> Sounds so, pretty perfect. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> Just I was, go with it. I yeah. was cleaning my room the other day, um, and I found like a note that I had written from when I was like a teenager, like um, 16, maybe 16, and it was a list of like um, Chase's ideal like boyfriend. Because I, I promise this is related, <laughs> but like, like I remember. Like going down and reading through my list and like some of the stuff still hit home, which is kind of funny that even uh, like seven years later, still still into the same person. But um, one of the things on there was like, oh, like someone who is not in his 20s. And I don't know why I wrote that on there as a 16 year old. But looking back on it, I'm like, yeah, no, um, I... I kind of, I kind of need that, <laughs> like as a, as a minimum. <laughs> so like, <laughs> at this point, yeah. being tw- in your twenties, you now need somebody in yeah. their twenties. Like, really? <laughs> this is one that might need to scale as I, as I get older. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just thought that was very funny because like I, like some things stay the same, but some things are different. Um, and I, I, I kind of, I kind of like how like looking, but you can look at back at things because I really think that we as a society we live in a society we we as a society tend to crave instant instant satisfaction instant gratification and um instantaneous success which in in a world where we have social media and everything at our fingertips that is is readily available 
However, in other aspects of our life, we don't really receive that. And so I kind of like what you talked about, like going back and looking at things and putting things into perspective because mm-hmm. like looking back, <laughs> like there, there's a lot of stuff that I wouldn't have dreamed I would have accomplished um, mm-hmm. if I was looking at little like 16 year old me. Um, mm-hmm. And 16 year old me was looking at 23 year old me. Uh, 23 year old me would be like, you would want to date somebody in your 20s and your 20s, Chase. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but that's just my weird way of connecting it in. But I think that because we crave that instant gratification, we tend to um, mm-hmm. sort of like once once our old goals are accomplished, that's it. That's done. They're no they're no more use to us. We did it. We done it's it's in the books, mm-hmm. and we don't really like take it out and marvel at it and look. I did this thing. I achieved yeah. this. I made myself happy. I did this small step. Um, yeah, so, here, yeah. So he, here's a way that I've I've contextualized it for myself because I can say, especially the first year or two after after I was diagnosed and kind of working on my anxiety and and it, it was very quick that I I went out and started to do things and make changes, but. Um, you, you're talking about Chase, like you have a really big goals and things, and so, and but you have smaller goals within. And sometimes I think, for, at least for me, like I was looking off at things in, in on the horizon. I was looking at this big thing, and and I might be closer, but I'm not there yet. And so then I start to feel like, well, I've done all this work, and it's been all this time, and I look how far away I still am. Totally missing that if I turn around, I've covered so much distance mm-hmm. and I'm just missing that whole journey that I've taken because I'm so focused forward. And, and for me, this has become a really useful tool yep. for just mindfulness of, of what I've done and, and where I actually am at. And even if I'm feeling overwhelmed, you know, here's some things, here's some good stuff. Yeah. So would, would you kind of pitch this episode to us, Alex? One of the things I thought about was, um, Back, uh, I don't remember. I did the episode on bolus and smart goals, mm-hmm. which were short term, right? And I was just kind of setting that up for a framework to talk about. And one of the things that I hinted at there and that I've discussed online a few times is the difference between, for me, between long term and short short term goals. Mm-hmm. And long term goals are these goals that, and ideally, in a perfect world or in a, in a in a world where we can be mindful that things like resolutions could come into play if we're framing them, especially if we're framing them how you've been talking about in your framework, Alex. It's almost like they are just directions that we are heading. Mm-hmm. They are pointing us towards where we think that we want to be. They overlap mm-hmm. a lot more with our values. And the whole point of having values is if you think of it as a pathway, is it's not a pathway with a destination. If my value is to be a good person, to be a good father, to be a good husband, theoretically, I'm hoping that that's not going to have an end point. I'm not looking to have a destination. I am looking to be making a decision when I am doing something and I have a choice. Am I going to head towards or away from what I value or what I find to be important? Mm -hmm. And those values shift. Those long-term goals shift over time and we can reassess them. The point that we miss exactly what you said is we miss the short term goals, which if I'm doing this analogy of a pathway, they're the destinations. They are the places that we're stopping along as we're going along our pathway. We each have a pathway that we're working on and we're not you're talking about if you're not stopping and actually just enjoying what's there in front of you, you start missing it. Mm -hmm. You don't celebrate the small destinations. Hobbs, Sorry, it's geez. like 
No, you're good. I was about to say, it's like your brain and my brain is connected because yes, <laughs> I agree with that actually. Um, I really, I really, I really like how you phrase that. Um, and when it comes to goals, short-term and long-term goals, I, I feel like we just all view them as immediate. <laughs> like it's very difficult because when you like look at it, I like to kind of like do things as like a gas tank, like a, like if you're driving a car and you see a gas tank, um, you know, it's either on empty or it's on full or whatever. And kind of how I've been trying to think right now is where I'm currently on the gas tank. Am I closer to empty? Am I closer to full? And kind of pacing myself based on where I feel like I am at any given moment on that gas tank. Mm. You know? Yeah. Could you say a little bit more about that? Yeah. I yeah. like this analogy. Thank you. <laughs> um, I do this a lot with people I work with, but I like to, I've been applying a lot of that to myself. Um, you can, I do this with life worth living goals, but I like to do it just as a personal thing. Um, pretty much inside of every single person, there is the little, you know, like little, like half a half circle, like half a circle, like cut in half gas tank where it's E middle and full. And we are kind of like cars. We're not always like full of gas. We're not always like, okay, just got out of the gas station. Let's go do the thing. Let's go drive a hundred miles. Like if we, you know, wake up January 1st, go to school, go to work, you know, come home, hang out with your family, do stuff like that. You're not going to be on full the entire time. You're going to maybe go down a fourth of a tank. Um, and so at any given day, like it could be like an emotional resolution, a mental, how, physical workout content resolution you can only put as much into what you're doing depending on where your gas tank is or what level your gas tank is and i think it's important to kind of see us that way because if you're trying to achieve this very big thing and you have like that instantaneous mindset and you are um a fourth away from empty it's going to be very difficult to achieve that um, or even like get the steps that you need to get to get a part of it achieved. And so I think that's kind of where self-care ties in um, or like going to get gas. Like, you know, for instance, Alex, you're like, I really like, I want to be focused on content and content is awesome. That's a fantastic goal. But if you every single day just sit down and write 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 and just don't do anything for yourself, you're going to go from full all the way down to empty. And it's going to be difficult to keep pushing that. Mm -hmm. And so at any given time, I like to kind of gauge where my gas tank is. Some days I wake up and I'm at a full tank. I feel great. I feel like I can accomplish anything. Other days I feel like I'm on empty and I just need to go get some gas. <laughs> That's a very cheesy way to kind of spin it. But, but, well, it's, also, but it's also a common touch point that a lot of people have reference to and i think that's that's excellent like that is a a very good way good way to put it because like i said a lot of people have the context to to directly apply that that mm -hmm. concept so coming around alex you you mentioned in the show notes today that one of the things that you like about this is that this way that this is set up is really kind of um gives a framework for journaling or for kind of giving yourself even a place to start with that. Cause like, I, for instance, I, I picked up a journal. I was going to start last year. I, I I'm a big believer in it. I also have a hard time getting started with what I'm doing or what I'm going to use it for. I failed. Basically. failed and so I resolution. stopped doing it. 
Yeah, and that's why I've given up on it. But I might want to return. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to revisit. There you go. There you go. But only like if Alex that. tells me how and why. <laughs> give me well, the answer. Give me the answer. Yeah. Well, and and this is you know I can tell you my framework, and and uh, to be honest, I can tell you my framework as it exists right now. It's going to continue to change as as I go forward with it. Um, but ultimately, it's what works what works best for you. Um, for me, I found that roughly once a year in the first quarter of the year. So I try to write this out, these six categories, um, current state and, you know, looking forward. So I basically am writing about 12 very short essays about my life. And then I usually do like some summarization. Okay, so here's some and bullet points of the actual goals pulled out of that text. So it's easier to reference later. Um, but then like that becomes my my journal and and. Really, for me, it's when I have time and, you know, and, and now I, I love the analogy, Chase, because it's like when my gas tank is full, um, I will sit down and say, you know what, I've been thinking about. And, and a lot of these things bounce around my head a lot, but it's like, you know what, I've been thinking about, you know, what I where I'm at in my social life with my different groups of friends and the different activities that I do with friends. I'm going to sit down and write out that section. I may have not started anything else. In fact, this year I started with my my hobbies because I have a, a pretty good idea of where my non-creative hobbies, kind of what I want to do. Because, you know, I have my eccentricities and, and I, I I have spreadsheets tracking my video games because I that's who I am sometimes. Um, and so for me, it's a matter of, okay, I'm, I'm at a good point. I have some fuel. I've been thinking about this. I'm going to sit down and actually write this out because then I can take the cloud of, of, of rough thoughts in my head and put it into some concrete words. And then it's, it's done. And I can stop thinking about this then right now. I can start thinking about something else. I don't know if I answered your question. I'm hoping that something in what I just said was helpful. I think so. I, I, that's, I, was, well, it, it, I think this is going to help us all is a little bit because this is one of the things that we do well on here or, or try to <laughs> yes. is now relate this to the game. And I mean, yes. we've talked about this in terms of our goals and how we have our goals for magic. We also have our characters who we love. And we I think if we can bring this back to some of maybe talking about magic and the story and how this might look for our our heroes and our villains even it might help me get it even clearer so i i don't i actually don't think i'm going to participate in this part because in the first uh 30 seconds of the episode hobbs stole my uh almost cursed there uh, stole my joke that i made one month ago what, <laughs> what? <laughs> yes in the dms in the i DMs. made a joke what did you make joke. a joke about Oh, well, I'm not gonna. Well, I mean, you you made the joke already. <laughs> I'm a little, I'm actually a little bit like <laughs> I'm a joke. <laughs> no, I've stolen it. Well, as soon we'll as this episode releases, more... I'm gonna post the receipts yeah. on this. We'll even say it right here on this episode. <laughs> Chase made a, a really offhand, funny remark about Gideon having a goal of not dying, which he failed at. When you phrase it say, like that, it's not funny. <laughs> I'm just taking it to the rest of the gate watch and say that in general, every year they probably have the goal of not dying. But it's funny That's because someone died. A, good, <laughs> a horrible goal. It's like, funny because somebody already died. 
it's funny because somebody's dead already <laughs> and the way you well, first of all, you can't really you can't deliver a joke to save your life you're just I like oh well, he's dead jumped in at this point in the episode to hear it's funny because somebody died it's funny because somebody how died yours. you didn't deliver it well and now people, now people are gonna be like oh chase is bleh, bleh. anyway so now i have nothing to say because he stole my joke that i told you guys a month ago you got derailed very easily I take jokes seriously. <laughs> in in but, fairness, getting derailed easily isn't that one of the guiding principles of this that cast? Is, that is. <laughs> but <laughs> relate it back to everything. Besides Hob, who is a backstabbing thief, backstabbing thief, and stole my joke. Um, just call me game, Ralph. Wait, no, <laughs> Dak. Dak, just call me Dak. There we go. Caught you red-handed. <gasps> yeah. <gasps> because I'm back at it again, baby. Dead. Okay, <laughs> my um. Besides Gideon, his goal being to not die, even though he's already dead, which is funny. Um, I was really thinking about it, and when I was thinking about these goals, it was it was weird because I wasn't thinking as if I was the person, you know, like putting myself into their shoes. I wasn't doing that. I don't know if you guys did that. I didn't. Um, but for me. My goal, I actually thought about it a little bit for Chandra, um, was sort of the, and I say I say goal because this is not something that you can achieve by February. It's definitely not unless you are like, like Ugintir, like mindful, um, but come like sort of like involving wizards, treating like her sexuality as something that's very like, you know, off like sort of like flippant isn't the word I want to use. Being dismissive. Being dismissive, and I really wish, like, for her to like find and cultivate like that inner like happiness and peace revolving around like her sexuality because that was something that the Wizards was building up to and something that I was actually invested in a lot. And to see them kind of like backpedal and then backpedal from them backpedaling from it really made me feel disheartened. Um, and so I don't know if I would, if this would fit the bill for you guys, but one thing I, and I really couldn't think of anything for anybody else is just for Chandra to have that, like that validation, you know, like yeah. that, like that inner, like that inner piece of this is who you are. It is great. And you are awesome. And nobody can take that from you. So, um, I mean, kind of yeah. acceptance. I mean, an acceptance yeah. based for where she is. And yeah. in, in some ways, how do you think, though, this would kind of, you know, so let's say that this is kind of maybe she has some idea that she wants to become more comfortable with just her sexuality. Right. How do you think that might shape her year? If we're talking about this from a resolution standpoint and we're going to use this nebulous just idea that she wants to become more mindful and she's going to work on that, especially when it comes to her sexuality and that comfort. What what are some ideas? How could this shape maybe Chandra's year? I, I I we're not getting much going on in the way of lore right now. Which well, what's is, nice I'm, is that's why we're being speculative. I you know, know. it's good to be good speculative. Here. It's good here, but um, I really would like sort of like, and I, I I know that the the comic book got like derailed or something, and she's gonna have sort of like a centric thing going on in Netflix. But I would really like to see sort of like. A spinoff or something of Chandra literally just like traveling 
just traveling planes and like finding herself. And when I say it like that, it sounds sort of like, you know, like I'm like going on like um like a backpacking trip and I'm gonna like find myself and like yeah, <laughs> you well, know stuff but, like that. But but at the same time, okay, that sounds really <laughs> interesting. Can, I, no, I was gonna <laughs> say you know that, yes, it couldn't sound hokey or cheesy. It can also just be that she is gonna travel and expose herself to kind of these yeah. different planes. Yeah. Yeah. And that I, is an and opportunity. That, and that may be a thing that is even possible in some of these other media because, and this is a thing that Wizards has talked about a little bit too, um, Magic being a game fundamentally at its core about conflict, you are fighting each other as Wizards. Um, it's hard for them to show, in particular for Red, Red is the color of like feeling emotions and feeling them just hard. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard for them to show these other emotions because there isn't a lot of place for those. It's hard to put those emotions in a game that's about centrally about conflict and thus you have a character like chandra who's very red kind of misses some of that characterization and if they find a place to tell some of those stories where it's like this is chandra she is a big fire mage but that's not the only thing about her she's gonna go just like hang out here in this city or go to wherever to be honest that's one of the reasons why i really liked the kaladesh story for a while because before Mm -hmm they kind of popped into the rebellion and that whole thing started. It was just the characters like hanging out and kind of getting some time to be themselves and getting some time, some downtime Mm -hmm. to spend time with each other. And I think when I think, and Chandra's my favorite planeswalker for a number of reasons. Um, But when I see her and I see her depicted in art, there's like one big word that just like pops up. And I mean, Every single time I see her arms spread out in a battle stance, the word that comes to my mind is unapologetic. Mm. That is the word that hits me every single time without fail. That's what I think when I see Chandra. And the way that the lore has treated her has has kind of backtracked on that that aura that she has you know that energy that i i i I think about and feel and see when i see her depicted in art is unapologetic she is unafraid to be herself and i really admire that about her even though she's a fictional character (laughs) um and i look at her and i see I, i i just think unapologetic and i want i guess another way to phrase this is that in 2020 I would want Chandra to continue to be unapologetically herself. Yeah. That's my way. Okay. (laughs) I I like that a lot. And I think that's a really good like resolution. Like you were talking about Hobbes as a guiding principle, as a, as a, as a path to follow, not a end point to aim for. Right. Because, because what we can learn is when, when Chandra is now presented with the decision, Mm Mm-hmm. She can have if she has that in mind, if she's kind of said, you know, I'm going to be unapologetic this year. I'm going to make that my guiding principle for this year. Every time she makes a decision, she can be asking herself, is this going to take me towards or away from that? And it doesn't mean that she's always going to choose towards moving towards it. But part of the reason for having this framework is we're kind of discussing it is you are aware that there is a choice. Now, you may choose to move away from it, but you are now at least aware that you are doing that. It's really that yeah. mindfulness aspect of it. Yeah. You have to make an active decision to move away, knowing that that may have consequences. 
that may change the principle. I mean, and the thing is, is you may have an idea of a guiding principle of, of this resolution for yourself. And as you're moving along, you make some decisions to move away from it, to move away from it, to move away from it. And you realize your initial idea wasn't that great. And now you need to go back and, and work on that. And that's perfectly fine. That's wonderful that you mm -hmm. can have that understanding and that, that realization because now you can start working towards something else. You can act, you can find that, that guiding path. Okay, so like, I think I made this observation uh, before the cast too. I tend to like ask these questions like, oh, what if we do this? And then I, I like don't answer them straight on. Yeah. I come up yeah. with some twist myself because... You're literally the worst that's actually just, answering I'm, what we're asking. And and my own questions, like, yeah. too, which is, I don't that's know. That's the greatest part about this. Usually it's like, I just know that Alex wants to answer whatever Alex wants to answer. Yeah. And that's going to be okay. Well, and, and yet and, you're the one who came up with this framework. And some of it, too, it is, is it's 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 a writing thing too with with um i think i've talked about discovery writer versus planner i am much more of a discovery writer i have despite what i was talking about with my resolutions and, and structure that i i do for my plans i actually work out a lot of story i work out a lot of what i'm thinking by just writing it and so i'll pitch an idea and say hey let's talk about specific characters and then when i try to do that myself i realize i don't want to talk about specific characters i just want to talk about the group so i'm cheating and my my person is i'm going to talk about the gate watch as a whole okay because again as i'm writing i have a very scribbled piece of paper that i was writing during lunch at work i realized that the gate watch have been hurtling towards an identity crisis since they were founded um, they started as a group to fight intergalactic threats big things that they couldn't face on their own that the citizens of planets planes would struggle to face on their own and i mean and the, the first thing was they took out the eldrazi and they they founded to fight fighting those those eldrazi went to innistrad fought another eldrazi um and then but almost immediately then after that they are like okay Dovin Bond comes to them and says i want to hire you as security for our thing and it's like no no sorry we don't we are trying to deal with big intergalactic threats, not the internal politics of planes. Then they join the rebellion on that plane. And it's like, and there's good reasons and there's stuff going on, but they're almost, I think immediately they didn't, they're either going against that knowingly, but I don't think they really realized. I don't think they acknowledged that they came to this decision point and this is our guiding principle and they went the other direction because then they go to dominaria and they kind of do the same thing i mean th that i suppose part of the excuse for we're fighting the cabal is we want to get this black blade to answer this other threat so we'll help with the local problem to get this thing to go help us um ultimately i think the reason the group moved forward because was because at their core they had gideon and and his his charisma and his drive and really his his convictions that he provided a moral center for the group he defined this is or or he didn't necessarily define it but people definitely looked to him to say is this a good action and if he said yes this is a good action then the people they were good they were okay with it or they were more ready to to engage and now he's gone he's he's dead he did Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, I'm so sorry. I have to do this. No, go for it. Gideon was dead. Tons <laughs> of exposition. Gideon was dead. 
Oh, that is a very specific and topical joke. Thank you. Yeah. Right now in its I mean, he was uh, dead. He was yeah. dead. Wait, is he dead? You is know, he though? If we only had storyline about if he's under underworld of his home plane. If wow. he only didn't mess up his resolution <laughs> <laughs> to not die. Yeah. This, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that what they need to do, and I don't know if they will do this looking at the characters, because, you know, your, your two remaining, I guess Nissa, you know, she came back too. she left at a point, but then she just, she came back during the, the events of war on the spark. But like Jace is really good at planning and Chandra's really good at acting, but both of them were taking nods from Gideon in a lot of ways. And without him, I think what they need to do and we'll see if they do it. I assume that they will in some way, whether it's kind of ham fisted, like some of the recent story or not, I assume wizards will find a way to make this work because they want this group to feature things. And and in fairness, you know, they've, they've backed off the last couple blocks, the last couple sets we've had Eldraine and, and uh, Theros where we're kind of catching up with people who missed war, the spark They're you know, their bus didn't show up on time, so they didn't make it. Yes. So, I, I think when we get back to them, they will find some way to do it. Um, but they, I think they they need to sit down and, and and work out who they are as a group, and what their goals as a group are, and be more specific. Even if it is longer reaching, farther, more principled things, where it isn't like in X, you know, measurable in X days, we're going to do Y or Z, but to have some specific principles of we stand for this we will act in these circumstances and so i mean what's awesome about thinking about this and i'm not gonna harp on the fact that we are frustrated with story because we know this but Mm -hmm. we almost have them set up now to most likely be heading towards a big baddie again or at least (laughs) hinted at the phyrexians coming back Mm, yeah and lo and behold Who's kind of coming along with them? Elspeth. Yeah. It, it is Elspeth being set up in some ways to kind of fulfill the Gideon role or to take more of that mm-hmm. place for this group. Is it going to naturally happen? Or, you know, I'm thinking, Alex, like for as splintered as they kind of are after everything has happened, what would you like to see happen? Does it need to be a big baddie? Or do you think that they could have cohesion without that? You know, I think it will be a big bad. That isn't really what I want to see. I, I I want to see, and this, they have done some of this well, and they have done some of this very poorly, but I like some of the personal drama because we may have mentioned, I may have mentioned this in a cast in the past. I know it's, it's talked about in a lot in fiction things, but it's like intergalactic, the everything is going to be destroyed while they're big gigantic stakes in the story out of the story, we know wizards has to sell booster packs. So those stakes aren't convincing. Those stakes aren't things that mean a whole lot to us. Cause we know maybe they'll blow up this plane. Maybe they won't, but they certainly are going to stop whatever the intergalactic threat is from being intergalactic and consuming everything. But personal level things, you can build a lot of good tension. You can build a lot of good drama and a lot of good character on smaller stakes because, I mean, as we've seen, they'll kill individual characters. And even without death, there are a lot of consequences that can happen on a personal level that make 
that can build some good stories there. And, and so this I is would... where the Liliana piece is a lot more yes. fascinating. Yes. Because and... that was where the tension really was in War of the Spark. Mm-hmm. And, and I would love to see this group come together on a more personal level people finding commonalities them finding some principles that they want to build together and then maybe take that and test it against a big bad test that against the phyrexians test that against something new you know your your okos or your obnixiluses or whatever wandering the the multiverse at this point um but i i think personally i would love to see something on a more personal level without everything's going to be ruined if we don't work together because then what happens when that stress and tension is removed can these people work you know live and work together in in circumstances where things aren't all about to die because it's it's a very being able to operate at a period of high stress is a different skill set from being able to operate with people at a period of low stress so what is really nice is you guys both did what I figured you would do and led into my storyline because I planned ahead. Ooh, Being I gotta, that I am gotta. most aligned with the only character in Magic who actually plans anything out. <laughs> so my resolution... Sometimes. Well... <laughs> no, I need to. I need I'm to. Sorry. I need to insert something. I have to. I can't hold my tongue anymore. Hobbs, I'm so sorry, but it's relevant. <laughs> <laughs> I want to answer your question. I want to answer the question that you posed to Alex, please. Okay. Okay, thank you. I'll allow so that. I was thing, already it... planning on it. <laughs> 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 so, be prepared because I think you're going to be kind of stunned as, at the realization I giddily made as Alex was speaking. Okay, so I think it's going to be a baddie, not a big baddie, and this is how it's going to happen. I see the Gatewatch moving out from here now as following the plot exactly like the live action Scooby-Doo movie released in 2002. <laughs> and it, 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 it makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. Okay. 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 <laughs> not the direction I would, not at all. Okay. Zero. So it, it, yeah. in the movie, yeah. in the movie, they all disband after that. They catch that one ghost because, like, you know, they were all getting mad at each other during the press release. And so this is kind of how it happened at, like, Gideon's death. Like, they try to, like, like in this next set, they're, like, bumbling with Elspeth. And they're like, this is just, this doesn't work anymore. We lost the group dynamic. Oh, and so they, they disband. Much like the mystery gang disbanded in Scooby-Doo. Flash forward years later, a mysterious man comes searching for them, saying that he has a mystery for them. Except in this time, it's going to be a mysterious like planeswalker or something coming to them and being like, hey, we need the gatewatch back together. We heard about y'all and we need your help. And they're like, I'm not doing it because, you know, like Fred and Velma. Okay, so then that happens. But then they all eventually agree to go together. And then as they get back together in like their little like you know, metaphorical mystery machine, they realize that they do love solving mysteries together and that they missed each other and that they have grown on their time apart from each other, which is where Chandra's self-discovery happens. But they're like, you know what? We needed that time away from each other to grow. And then they fight the villain and they win and they switch bodies and, you know, (laughs) Mr. Bean is there and then the villain is Scrappy-Doo. And and that's that's my presentation. I, I... I think, oh my God, I'm going to be really disappointed when that isn't what happens, I think. 
<laughs> because that is like, so perfect. Yes! When, magic when we don't have a body switch version of Magic the Gathering, and, you know, we have not had a good body switch comedy in this game. Uh, and we in, haven't. In, in my head, uh, in my head canon, the mystery person is Karn showing up to get them to work yes, together. Yes, yes, and then Mr. Bean is still there. Mr. Bean is yeah. what's, what's the new Planeswalker's name again? I think Mr. Bean is just his own Planeswalker. Cool, Mr. Bean's own Planeswalker. But I will <laughs> then say that solves the question of whether Earth is in the multiverse or not. <laughs> but I will say, does that not, like, if you just take out all the Scooby parts and you just insert Gatewatch, does it not yeah. work? That does is... it not Oh, that is so perfect yes thank you i just had this realization and i was like holy crap that kind of works where they're we all gotta like, get we can't the do band this back kids. together yes yeah. and they're like we can't do this without kids and then they go away for like ikoria and stuff because wizards was like we're gonna be away for the gate watch for a little while but then yeah. when the phyrexians arrive they're like god this percent this planeswalker needs us to get the band back together and yeah. then they're like i hate you i hate you what you said a year ago and they're like shut up i've grown and gideon is dead and then they just <laughs> so in this in this hypothetical scooby-doo version yes um we have a very good in-game already uh, tie-in and that there is a card called Meddling Kids from oh uh, Unhinged. Yes, that was a card. I actually I actually built a Meddling Kids EDH deck <laughs> that was all built around traps and like bookcases. <laughs> and this was no this was this was seriously before um the third unset or vehicles or anything, but I built a whole uh Scooby Doo themed deck with meddling kids as my commander. And that's a topic for Goblin Game. Which vehicle most closely resembles the van from Scooby Doo? I mean no, it's I mean it's it's uh, the skyship weatherlight. I mean <laughs> Uh, it's yes. problem solved. We don't even need to record another episode. <laughs> Dude, but, that but like, bonus episode right there. I just did it. How amazing was that idea that I just had? Does it not actually seem like it would be a good plot for magic lore if you just take out the Scooby stuff and you put in the gate watch? It kind of works. I mean, I want to keep the Scooby stuff. We're just going to rename it Gatewatch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then they're going to release a sequel called um, Gatewatch 2 Monsters Unleashed and that's when the Phyrexians come Ooh, Ooh. Ooh. Or the hybrid Phyrexian Eldrazi Holy crap right. that makes sense because in the second Scooby-Doo movie the live action one the, <laughs> they're wax figures that were made but they come to life I really appreciate that you're clarifying the live action one there's a lot of Scooby Doo. <laughs> just so we know that we're in that same continuity. Yeah. yeah. Now this one is the 2004 Scooby Doo called Monsters Unleashed that had Seth Green in it, but that doesn't matter. The point is, is that he brings the wax mm -hmm. figures to life, much like the Phyrexians just do metal stuff to people and infuse them with their Phyrexian oil and taint them. That, that is the really plot. It works. After this uh, episode hits, we're all going to get hired out by wizards and not be able to speculate by this anymore uh, but i'm not like here's the thing i'm not even i'm not joking like i think <laughs> that this is a good parallel it is such I, a good parallel yeah that is that no that is really good Stop I, I, encouraging love, this. I love it hey okay mr bolus oh did somebody <laughs> say bolus uh, no i mean yes because i have a character that needs to have some new resolutions because things didn't go the way he had planned Wow, and wow. actually, 
this is gonna be my great analogy and chase can just sit back and enjoy it which is bolus is somebody who needs resolutions because he needs to take a different direction now with his life he needs to sit back and have a state of the bolus where he determines what went wrong and when I did the smart goal episode, I did it from what went wrong for Bolas or kind of what he had been trying to do and how he had been the only one to really have a coherent plan. And at the end of the day, it didn't work. He did not achieve what he was trying to achieve. Now, the good news is he's got a lot of time to sit around in a meditation realm. I mean, it is the perfect place to practice mindfulness, which Bolas has done in his entire career. He is a book learner. He has a library. He's going to head back to where he wants to be, alone with his books, to think about what went wrong. And actually, that is great for resolutions because he no longer has his powers as a planeswalker. So he literally is having to rewrite this narrative that he has about himself. He is no longer the god pharaoh. He is no longer this being who is so close to reachieving old walker status with basically what we would have called godhood before we got gods in magic, but just unbelievable power the old walkers had that he was trying to capture back. He now has nothing. He is defeated. He is stuck with a brother that he doesn't want to be with. And he does not have his powers with him anymore. This would be when a lot of people would give up because what he was trying to achieve didn't work out. Through no fault of his own. It only didn't work out because the gate watch is lucky. And they kind of like threw a blade at him and it didn't work. And at the last moment we get Chandra to, I mean, sorry, we get Liliana to betray and blah, blah, blah. They got lucky. And Bolus is not going to give up. You get Liliana who had a, you know, who had the, the resolution of her goal and then she hit that crossroads and made a decision to go in a different direction. Oh my gosh. Why did I say that to start with? Because it's not true. I but Bolus ima- is not going to give up. He's not going to just stop. I mean, the, the idea here for gameplay purposes and story purposes, they wanted to close that arc, but they did not go the full realm where like Bolus is killed in a way that he can't come back. And his resolution is to find out what went wrong so that he can try to not have it go wrong next time because there will be a next time i can just hear bolus go you meddling kids (laughs) (laughs) you almost crossed into inspector gadget there that was almost uh i'll get you next time gatewatch next (laughs) time i think i have to go back to the hour of desolation uh uh was it no devastation? Oh, devastation. I can't yeah, uh, I got to go back to the Amonkhet storylines because I'm pretty sure Bolas said that at some point. Maybe <gasps> did he did he refer to them as the the meddling gatewatch? Like I don't know. I, I want to say he did, but maybe I'm totally I, wrong. I predicted this. Oh my god! I've I've just cracked the biggest magic conspiracy ever. It's really just a big metaphor for <laughs> Scooby Doo. This this is this is why we get together and record is because. <laughs> We can break the code. Did yeah. you like my did you like my bolus grumble? I did like your bolus grumble. Thank like, you. I, I would I would hire you to do bolus voiceovers. Thank you. <laughs> you look that... very good today. I want to eat you. Uh, <laughs> I kind of went to a cookie monster area. 
Yeah, I think... and I need an adult now. <laughs> I'll be your adult. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we're quickly devolving, I think that that's actually a, a pretty good place to kind of wrap up um, for tonight. I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I really do appreciate, Alex, that you brought this this framework to kind of get us to rethink what resolutions are, to maybe take a different approach to them so that we can be more successful if they, if we think of them as something that's just kind of giving us a state of where our life is and where we want it to be, that we want change. Um, I will say that one of the most common things I think we talk about in therapy is that idea that um, without change, you kind of just get stuck and most people are coming to therapy because things aren't working for them just whatever they're doing is not working and to do that you do have to be willing to and able to make change and this framework set us up very nicely to kind of hopefully help with motivation mm-hmm. yeah no and i appreciate you two coming along because i think this was a was a fun topic but sometimes like i will come up with an episode because it's like well i want to talk about this what kind of episode can i talk about that and you two were both jumped in and and we're we're very excited about doing this episode so thank you i really like relating like things that you normally would not relate to magic i like doing that i think it's fun because you can almost find a connection in almost every single way and somehow relate that back to yourself and that's why i really like this episode because it in my opinion introspection is scary <laughs> hobbs knows how's how you know, actually you too you and hobbs know how a, much of a dark place in my mind is <laughs> so i think it kind of puts introspection in a way that makes it interesting and fun and productive i mean it's almost what gameplay is um so thinking of uh, this idea of this concept of theory of mind which is a whole area that we could get into but it's problem solving through solving other people's problems. Um, this D and D group that I'm going to be talking about, I'm sure, on here when we get closer to the that we're getting up and running at the VA, really is aimed at this idea that if people can put themselves in somebody else's shoes and play that character, they're really going to make those introspection things. That's what we're hoping is going to happen. That they're actually going to quote unquote play themselves without literally playing themselves that they're able to step away from it and see it from a different perspective but really they're still working together as a group to solve problems that are relevant which is what a lot of gaming is to me mm-hmm. well, so- johnny is scooby <laughs> i just figured it out <laughs> i just figured it out Oh, and I think there that's yeah. basically where we have to end. I'm Johnny so sorry. Is Johnny, no, I was like, which I one of them is the animal? Perfect. Yeah, that is no, that is that is perfect. Well, thank well. you all for another episode. Um, I am Hobbskew. I can be found on Twitter at Hobbskew. Uh, I'm Alex Newman, found on Twitter at Mel underscore Chronicler. And I am Chase, also known as Manicurves. And you can literally find me on every single social media site as Manicurves. Okay, thank you all. Thank you. And that's our show for today. You can find the hosts on Twitter. Hobbs Q can be found at Hobbs Q, and Alex Newman can be found at Mel underscore Chronicler. Editing and production was done by Tom Gustafson, who can be found on Twitter at PSG Reader. Send any questions, comments, thoughts, hopes, and dreams to at GoblinLorePod on Twitter or email us at GoblinLorePodcast at gmail.com. 
If you want to support your friendly neighborhood gobslugs, the cast can be found at patreon.com slash goblinlorepod. Opening and closing music by Vindergotten, who can be found on Twitter at Vindergotten or online at vindergotten.bandcamp.com. Logo art by Stephen Raphael, who can be found on Twitter at Steve Raffle. Goblin Lore is proud to be presented by Hipsters of the Coast as part of their growing Vorthos content, as well as magic content of all kinds. Check them out on Twitter at HipstersMTG or online at HipstersOfTheCoast.com. Thank you all for listening, and remember, goblins, like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers. <laughs>